Robots Radio presents... Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. And welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on November 7th, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat, as we continue our discussion over the animated series JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. This particular bizarre episode will serve as what we have come to call the advanced session of the week's exploration. Congratulations to those who are still with us. Before we go any further, however, let's go through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86. I want to know what a stand is, and if I can have a stand that gets me cheese. Calm down, Dwyer. Maybe. Hey. <laughs> now, cheese is one of the tastiest things I'm allowed to eat. Oh, that's true. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> Last but definitely not the least in the hot seat as guest goes, we have our good friend Neo Mad Dog. Neo, how are you doing? The JoJo brain rot continues to spread to other people. <laughs> I just, I just love the concept. Soon green, of having... every time she sees something strange happen, she's just going to ask, "Is this the work of an enemy stand?" <laughs> but I want to find my own stand. I want to have my I, own. I will be happy to talk about how to get your own stand. Yes. I want this because this reminds me a little bit of the session that Blue and I did in Resist This for the Brandon Sanderson just a oh, tiny God, bit. Yeah, yeah. But I want my own stand. All right. So <laughs> I'm just going like to let, let Green go on this one. <laughs> how do I get my own stand, Neo? Okay. So stands as a concept are introduced in Stardust Crusaders, the third major story arc. Uh, stands were initially very had some very simple premises. Like Star Platinum, it punches things really hard and really mm-hmm. fast. Uh, the Death 13 kills people in dreams because it's Freddy Krueger. Uh, Yellow Temperance is a shapeshifter. Emperor is a gun. It's literally the stand is a gun. Um, but as it got more um, – as the series continued, they got more complex. There's a – they are so complex now that in part eight, there is a stand called Fun Fun Fun. What it does is that – it can control your limbs perfectly. Does it have your daddy take your T-bird away? I wish. Uh, it's actually way more terrifying. Uh, it has. To, it will control your limbs perfectly only mm-hmm. if the stand is directly above the target and the limb is already injured. <laughs> so the stand user, Ojiro Sasume, has to set traps in a room in order to make the... Um, the protagonist hurt himself uh so the so the stand would control him <laughs> yeah that's green that's green's reaction is i just i wish we could capture that as an audio clip <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure some people could make it into a gif <laughs> i'm sure it could become a gif on the internet at this point like i've seen it for critical role we could have ffc gifs it's a thing uh, I just uh, uh, some other complex stands are tubular bells, um, which is it is a balloon that is actually hard as steel and is usually, okay. And, and this user will often blow the balloon slash stand into the shape of like a balloon dog, and it it relentlessly tracks the target and also explodes <laughs> into shrapnel, like nail. So like, like it's a killer like balloon. Yeah, it's, it's a killer balloon. A killer balloon. Mm. <laughs> Wet chinchilla. I will not forget about Iggy. Um, uh, Iggy is a dog that was introduced in part three with this with the stand, the fool. Um, it was one of the it was one of the last tarot card based ones, and it just manipulates sand. But the stand itself looks like a dog, a, a dog like disguised as like a native, like a, a like a caricature Native American, but it's also like half car. <laughs> 
Okay, say that one more time. My brain stops. Um, let me, oh, I gotta find a picture. Uh, the Native American and half It's okay. So it's I'm looking at a picture. Imagine a dog, but it's robotic and it's got like feathers, like a stereotypical Native American headdress. It's like feathers okay. on the back. Uh, also, its hind legs are wheels. Okay. Look, sure. just, go, just Google image search <laughs> these three words. The Fool Jojo. The Fool Jojo. And just image search. Why? <laughs> Why? I told you. It's a dog car with a Native American headdress. And it's got a gold mask. No, it, it's sometimes gold and sometimes face. silver, depending on the artist. Depending, It okay. depends on who, where, which source you're looking at. The it's anime has it gray. The colored manga is gold. But it manipulates sand. It's also made of sand. The stand is sand. But it's got wiring and... I told you it's robotic. But it's sand. A lot of stands... um, So some stands are made to look like organic creatures. I think Star Mm -hmm. Platinum is a good uh, option. It it looks very human-like. Horus, um, the stand is very bird-like. Um, other stands are made to look like robots. Uh, soft and wet is very. The stand soft and wet is very robotic looking. Mm-hmm. And then stands can also just be anything. Like literally, let your imagination go wild. A stand can probably look like whatever. Um, so like some take the form of physical objects. Um, so there's a stand in part three called Tote, named after the Egyptian god. Uh, what it is? It's a comic book that can predict the future okay um that's a one of the episodes is that its user is trying to defeat the joe star group by seeing how to do it with the with the stand but the thing is that it's what happens in the manga has to happen but it's never the way you might think it's gonna happen sure kind of um final destination there's always interpretations to like how it might differ from reality it's very, okay. very interesting. Um, so here's here's my next question. You have enemy stands, and then you have personal stands. Do you cr- sort of right? Like, are do you kind of pick and choose, or are you just attracting them? Are they attracted to you? Or stands, some weird so, aspect of your personality? So stands are. What described as reflections of one's own soul. It's your own soul manifested as a supernatural ability. That is really up for some of these stands. Um, some some of the stand users are really up. Oh my goodness. Um, they're certain that I don't think I should mention on a podcast. <laughs> um, okay. But... Depending on how depraved of a human being you might be, the stand can reflect that. I think the biggest example of that is the enemy stand user from Part 5, Giaccio. No, not Giaccio, sorry. Chocolata. Oh my god. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> it's chocolate. That's Italian. I... Most enemy yeah, stand I love from, that. Most enemy stand users yeah. from Part 5 are named after Italian food. Uh, yeah. Prosciutto, pesci... <laughs> Um, risotto nero. Um, I like it. Chocolata, carne, um, so on and so forth. Anyway, so Chocolata <laughs> has a stand called Green Day, and Green Day, ab- Green Day's ability is it emits a fungus that will disintegrate your body if you move to a lower elevation. Okay. This man is such a monster of a human being that he. In his backstory, it's revealed that he was a medical student who specifically became a surgeon in order to very purposefully kill patients and Mm -hmm. watch them die before him. He would actually restrict the amount of anesthesia given to his patients so they'd wake up during surgery and see Chocolata holding their organs. Um, uh, Giorno at one point says that this is the stand of not someone with – this is someone who doesn't have any strength. This is someone who's enjoying it. Yeah. His assistant – assistant is not the right word, but it's the most family-friendly word to use. Okay. Um, Will often – carries a camcorder with him to record the victims of Green Day 
and watch their expression and record the expressions of fear as the people disintegrate. Oh my goodness. This is the whole, and he is the victim of what we call the seven page Muda where Giorno spends seven pages of the manga beating the out of him. Jeez. Okay. When was that written? Uh, That would be in the mid nineties. That, that would have come out in the mid nineties. So Rocky was listening to green day before it was cool. Before American Idiot. You know, I was actually mm-hmm. trying to figure out if that was in reference to Harold Shipman. Maybe. I know there's actually a, I know for sure there is a Holes reference in part six. Holes mm. as in like the book? Yeah. One of the characters has the exact same backstory as Zero from Holes. Interesting. Zero and Stanley. At the, I think at like the same time or something like that. It's almost scary how coincidental, how uh, similar they are. But um, so in order to get your own stand depends on the continuity. Okay. The original continuity stands are described as a virus. Well, a alien virus or bacteria that usually kills people. It usually just kills the victim outright. But on it, there's an off chance that if you get infected with the virus and you have the, if you have the potential and the willpower for it, you will develop a stand. Okay. Um, they're so named because most stands will stand behind you uh that's not that's sort of the explanation given um it's more related to how it's pronounced in the original japanese would be satando which mm-hmm. is very similar to the expression ghostly ripple and that would be related to um therefore related to hamon or the ripple okay from part one and two but um you can the the origin of the virus was on a meteorite and someone hundreds or thousands of years prior to the events of the main series crafted arrows out of these um out of the meteorite mm-hmm. and those are known as the stand arrows and these stand arrows if you get pierced with it it will either kill you just outright or you will develop a stand from it okay so that's um, one set of continuity the vast majority of characters in the original continuity so parts three through six acquired their stands through this arrow um, however, if you are – if a family member gets pierced with it, um, oftentimes most of their blood relatives will also acquire stands um, forcibly. And there's also the off chance that you could literally just be born with it. Okay. So the spread of the stand within the family thing is as is more viral aspect of it. Mm. Would it – Spread to community, or is it specifically? No, just- it is only to the target. It is only to like you have to come in contact with the uh, either the meteorite or be related to someone with the meteorite who has already been hit. Okay, um, the, the that's second- actually why the Joe Star family acquired stands in the first place. This is a kind of a spoiler for the ending of part one. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm sorry to anybody who's still listening and cares about spoilers, but Jonathan is killed at the end of part one. He sacrifices himself to lock away Dio um, on a burning ship. But because Dio was a vampire and only a head at the time, Dio steals Jonathan's body. He literally grafts his his head to Jonathan's body, thus making Dio in the during the times of part three, a blood relative to the Joe stars. And so when he gets pierced by the arrow, every single living Joe star also acquires a stand because they're related to Jonathan. That's also why Holly, Holly, um, Joe Turo's mother, um, it falls ill because she, the, she cannot handle the stand and it, it's going to kill her. So that if, if they defeat Dio, they'll save Joe Turo's mother. Okay. Oh, is so- that the, is that the curse? That is the curse. It's known okay. as the Joe Star curse, where every single family member living in the uh, every single living family member acquires a stand. That also brings us to Jorno. So Jorno's half British. Mm-hmm. He's actually the son of Dio. Okay. So can I can I pause you real quick and clarify something? So if every living member gets a stand in the JoJo Star family. Does every single one of them have to struggle through the same pain of either you you're going to live or you're going to die because of the aspect of it? It yes. Um, though it's it's sort of like um, if your willpower, if you don't have enough willpower or enough fighting spirit, it will just slowly kill you. But if you have enough of it, you can master it. 
and utilize it for your own ends, which is why Joseph Joestar, Jotaro Kujo, um, can properly utilize their stands right away is because they had the necessary willpower to do so. But young infant Josuke, um, ch- um, who was Joseph's illegitimate son, um, who was literally only a toddler, wasn't able to handle it and was going to die if it wasn't for Dio's defeat. Okay. And so Dio has a son as well, besides the... So Dio did never purposefully sired a child. It was uh, Dio did not know about Giorno or any of the other sons of Dio that were in part six. Giorno is the only one with the Jojo title, and therefore he is the most goodest of the four. Okay. Um, uh, Giorno has the gold experience, and it's noticed. Uh, it's noted very early on in part five that Giorno's hair turned blonde. Dio is a blonde, while the rest of the Joe stars were had darker hair. Um, when Giorno was a teenager, his hair suddenly turned blonde with no, no like he didn't he didn't bleach it or anything. It just suddenly became blonde. And um, so Jotaro, at the start of part five, sent Koichi from a character from part four to go investigate Giorno to see if Giorno was anything like his father. And uh, after a stand battle against Black Sabbath, um, Koichi determines that Giorno is indeed the same type of Joestar as the rest of the family. He has the same good heart and sense of righteousness, while the other sons of Dio were less so. Okay. Now, can you please, is it just a fetish of the writer to have band names for everything? So, um, Hirohiko Araki, um, the author of um, JoJo's, is what we like to call a Westaboo instead of a Weeaboo. (laughs) In fact, he's gone on record to say he actually listens to very little Japanese music. He almost Mm -hmm. primarily listens to um, English and American and surprisingly a lot of Latin music. He's a big fan of Santana. Um, And so he – JoJo's is sort of like a – we like to we a lot of us in the community like to say that JoJo's is Araki's playlist and he's recommending it to hundreds of people. Like listen to this music. Sees. And so literally every single nearly every single character and every single stand after like right at the starting at the right at, right at the end of part 3 is named after a band or song or artist or album or whatever. Um, the first one uh, I should add. This is funny. You'll find this really funny. The first stand is Cream. Its user is Vanilla Ice. Yes. So make put that together. You get Vanilla Ice Cream. I like it. Um, I actually That's... didn't get that till my second watch. <laughs> that is funny. That joke flew right over me. Um, but every single, it's hard. Uh, it's hard to like. I can't name it. you. If you put them on the spot, I cannot name every single sand. There's just way too many. Sure. But there are some – every single one of them past cream is named after pop culture. That's really impressive, and I'm sure – it It's still going. Uh, the most recent stand from part eight is called Wonder of You, and that is an Elvis song. Yeah. Um. It's, he goes into modern music. It's not exclusive to just like 60s prog rock or anything like that. Um, there is a uh, stand in part eight called Born This Way. Yeah. Um, there's a stand in part eight called Doggy Style. It's a Snoop Dogg album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there's a stand in part five called Notorious B.I.G. Also... Or Notorious Big. Yeah. Um, he, but he mainly focuses on earlier stuff. Um, yeah, the he actually there's very few Japanese pop culture references. The first one is the character design of there's an enemy stand user in part four called Akira Atoshi. Um, he is made to look like a um, Japanese, um, a famous Japanese guitarist. Hmm. Um, the first stand named after a Japanese song is Chocolate Disco in part seven. Chocolate Disco. What did Chocolate Disco do? Cho- Chocolate Disco was ba- the game Battleship. Oh, so you like you got forced into playing this 
doesn't get so how it works is that so there's this guy called disico Mm -hmm. Um, it's literally just disco spelled out and you have to basically like pronounce the letters individually so disco um he announces that his stand is his name is disco his stand is chocolate disco and he's going to fight you that's literally all he's only had three lines the entire chapter and what he does is that he so on his wrist is like this like old-timey typewriter like switch thing and then it deploys out a grid on the ground and so what happens is that if you throw something at disico he will tap on the switch thing on his wrist and the projectile headed to him will go to that spot on the grid on the ground Oh my goodness. And the whole thing is that he's fighting Jairo Zappelli, whose literally only power is throwing a ball with, with the spin. It's a very powerful steel ball, but he he just throws balls, and so he's literally fighting someone who can just redirect all of the balls he's throwing. It's one chapter, and what's really funny is that these the song Chocolate Disco constantly repeats the refrain um, Chocolate Disco, mm-hmm. or Chocolate Disco, Disco. <laughs> Um, as they would say it. And that's sort of like a meta joke of saying like, this guy only has three lines, but the song that his stand is named after constantly repeats the same line over and over and over and over again. A lot of songs that do that. Yeah, but Chocolate Disco is irritating to me. (laughs) (laughs) I've listened to the song a dozen times and I I like it, but oh my God, is it the same? (laughs) It's the same thing over and over again. It's good song. It's by Perfume. Okay. It was actually included at the request of his daughter. Okay. I guess oh, that's like kind of that's kind of cool. Yeah. How does he get past all the copyright? <laughs> the answer is that he doesn't. Um, so Viz Media, um, Viz Media, who is the basically the owner of the property and is responsible for importing it to the West, has a lot of issues with this. Um, I believe the prevailing theory is that prince was the big air big issue because they don't want prince didn't want a figure called the gold experience and not get receive royalties okay. um so they so what they do viz Media does is that for any official english release um they have to change the names um some of them fly by uh, actually robert eo speedwagon just completely made it through as well as the stand heaven's door was completely unaffected um, some of them just change to relatively innocuous things that are just very similar. So Crazy Diamond became Shining Diamond. Okay. Um, gold Experience became Golden Wind. Did this happen in the the subs or the, the subtitles? Oh, it, or did it happened in the subtitles and any English dub and any English release of the manga. Okay, so if you if anybody would actually watch this without having any prior knowledge about either understanding Japanese or what the concepts were generally about, they would not catch this at all. Yes. Um, however, they still in the, even in the Japanese um, dub of the show, they still say the words as was originally written, and so it's it's I don't want to say bastardized, but it is because of how Japanese is written and pronounced mm-hmm. it does change some of the words sure. um so gold experience becomes gold experience um mm-hmm. sticky fingers is sticky fingers um and they sometimes there's a lot of vowels added but that's just the way that these that it was originally written as close as it, as it could to english in the um, katakana mm-hmm. i'm just i'm, I'm so, waiting i'm waiting for him to talk about limp biscuit though <sighs> limp biscuit um so some of these stands are much more difficult to get across what they do in the name. So Limp Biscuits one, I'll get to that one last because that one's the funniest. We'll start with Sticky Fingers. So Sticky Fingers is the uh, is the ability to plant zippers on objects, and that opens up pocket dimensions. Dimensions. So so what Bruno Butrati can do is like he can put a zipper on a wall, and he can go through the wall into outside or wherever the next room is or just access the space in between mm-hmm. so sticky fingers is so named after a rolling stones album and the rolling stones album had a pair of pants on it with the zipper in the forefront that's why it's so named but you can't kid across that normally so it's named to zipper man in any english release oh, the 
the next funniest one is the main villain of Part 7 stand, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. Or it's usually abbreviated to D4C, D, the number four, and C. Um, that So, main, one, it's quicker to say than all of those syllables. Two, it's quicker to write. And three, you can actually get around the copyright with just D4C. Right. That's not a copyrighted term. But to name, the, spell it out completely, you can't do that. That's an ACDC song. So they called it Filthy Axe at a Reasonable Price. There's an ongoing joke to make even crazier names. Um, my favorite one is Dimes for Crimes. Um, and this one sounds bad, but I like this one a lot. Not gay, but $20 is $20. Not gay, but $20 is $20. What? What was the original? Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap, but that's abbreviated to, that's called Filthy Axe at a Reasonable Price. Oh my god. There's another meme is, um, it was like, due to inflation, Dirty Deeds will now be done at market value. Oh my god! At the, at the request of Blue, I must mention Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit <laughs> is a stand introduced in Part Six uh, uh, by the prisoner of Green Dolphin Street Prison, Sports Max. It creates invisible ghost zombies of dead animals. It, wait. <laughs> so, if, so if the user is by a corpse of an animal, like a dog or a raccoon or whatever, he Limp Biscuit can conjure a ghostly version of that to attack his uh, opponent. But no one can see the ghostly. No one can see it. <laughs> but oh god, it's like the Hellhounds from Supernatural. I don't watch that one either, Jay. <laughs> um. So to get around but, the fact that Limp Biscuits a heavy rap metal group, yeah, the band, um, it's called Flaccid Pancake. Oh my god, I'm done. <laughs> I'm not making this up. You could believe anything I say, but I am literally not making this. You can look up to the JoJo like wiki, and that is the thing. That is the Western cha- word words that they use for Limp Biscuit. It's flaccid pancake. Oh, God. Jace is loving this at this point. So is Chad. I, I see you that. guys. I saw that in the notes and I'm like, we're talking about this. Like, this oh, one's yeah. got to be talked about. I had about. every intention to talk about flaccid pancakes. <laughs> okay. What does flaccid pancakes do? It's, it's Limp Biscuit. It's just the words. It's the, it's the ghost. Yeah. It's, it's Limp Biscuit. It's but just, it's the, it's the ghost had, dog. Yep. They just have to change the names for the West official Western releases right. to avoid copyright infringement. You know Matt Mercer voices the English dubs in this country. Like he's in for, he plays Jotaro. Matt Mercer yeah. is Jotaro in the English dub. Ah, what is Matt Mercer's <laughs> stand, or do I want to know? Matt Mercer plays Jotaro, who has the stand star platinum. That's just the tarot card one, and so okay. they can say that all they want. He's safe. You're, it's okay. okay. Thank God. I was he's just not, like, I'm just waiting he, for him. He doesn't have flaccid pancake. If you like if you like Kevin Goff, though, he has to say Emperor Crimson instead of King Crimson. I'm just waiting for somebody to have, like, open taco or, God, like, taco bar. Do you, Actually, I want to talk about the weirdest naming. Con- oh, no. One. So oh I don't God. think I put this in the show notes, but um, so there's one in the first enemy stand other than Hierophant Green, but uh, is the first enemy stand introduced in part three was Tower of Grey. Tower is like cal- represents calamity. So what uh-huh. it is, is that Tower of Grey was utilized by someone who purposely commits um, like accidents. Um, like okay. plane, cra- plane crashes is the one that was given. It, it, he creates plane crashes. Okay. So Tower of Grey is a small fly. That's all it is. It's a small fly, probably around three. Well, not small. It's actually pretty big for a fly, but it's a very small stand. It's probably around, I would say, three inches wide. Okay. And it just kills people and creates disaster. It is literally just a giant fly. Yep. The Tower of Grey stand is a fly, a super powerful fly. That is terrifying. Now, there is a stand introduced in part four that is called 
Actually, I don't want to reveal the name yet. What it is <laughs> is a giant electrical pylon, like one of those big things you see out in the country. It's a big electrical pylon, and it basically prevents – it can only let keep one – it has to keep one person in at all times. And if you mm-hmm. try to escape it, it turns you into the tower. Like it converts you to metal and you become one with the tower. So one person has to stay inside the tower at all times. And do you know what this tower stand is called? Superfly. <sighs> okay. I'm just blue. Help. So the super the superfly is a tower, and the tower. Is yeah. A <laughs> I, the thing is, is, I'm understanding what you're telling me. I just. Brain. Her brain just meh at this point. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out is if there's going to be anything out there that isn't going to be kind of an absurdity. Like it's a like it's obviously a thing that works, but well, but I mean, talking about it, that, let's dive into the memes because right. JoJo and memes is it's the he same was, word at that point. JoJo <laughs> memes. It's there, there. You go. They're synonymous. He, Jay, he did to me what you do to you and Ben do to me with Supernatural. Like he started talking to me in memes, and it's like, come on. So, JoJo, because of the strange, bizarre, crazy nature of the of the series, it just lends yourself. It lends people to make memes about it because if nothing makes sense, you have to cope with it with humor. Sure. Yeah. Like that's. I'm choosing to laugh at it. I still think I need to be high to like watch. I was 100% sober consuming the entire series. You. Yeah. You probably would have to be because if you were high, you would just. You. I don't know how you would interpret all of this because it would just. It's beyond what you'd like. I don't know. I just. I think guys, most, words are hard now. Most people would recognize the "to be continued" meme. I think everybody in yeah. grandma who spends time on the internet has seen uh, like one of those stops, like "to be continued," and that driving baseline happens. That is from JoJo. That was my like complete surprise watching um, JoJo for the first time. Is like, oh, this is where that came from. <laughs> yeah, the "to be continued." Uh, with the song, yes, is "Roundabout" by the. Um, English prog rock band, yes. Um, the thing about JoJo's is that it does a um, a Western pop culture song uh, for every season, fin- uh, every all for the ending credits for the show, mm. um, and it's a different one depending on that. They choose one that uh, is uh, what Araki would have been listening to at the time of publication. So uh, Roundabout was for the first um, two parts. Okay. Then it was Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bangles mm-hmm. uh, for Stardust Crusaders. And then the second half had um, Last Train Home by Paul Mente Group, uh, which makes me sad every time I hear it now. Um, part four uh, in its entirety used the song um, I Want You by Savage Garden, which is mm-hmm. really good. Um, part five – Instead of Gangster's Paradise by Coolio, we were so close to greatness. We instead got Freaking You by Jodakai. It is a very pseudo-romantic R&B song explicitly about sex. (laughs) Part 5 does not have sex in it. There's nothing romantic in Part 5. Also, it's my girlfriend's least favorite ending. (laughs) Every time I play it, she says, turn it off. That's it was also funny. the only one she insisted we skip. Oh. I was like, no, we're not listening to this one. <laughs> we're not listening um, to this one. The second half of part five used Modern Crusaders by Enigma. Um, my biggest hope for part six is that uh, the at least the last one will be What a Wonderful World, um, as performed by Louis Armstrong, because that is the title of the last chapter of part six what a wonderful world megan has yeah. confirmed in chat that she skips it every time <laughs> i love i love um, that song some other memes uh include the it was me Dio. <laughs> uh that one is currently banned from the jojo meme subreddit due to overuse <laughs> oh jesus <laughs> You know, you know it's a golden. You know it's golden when the 
the subreddit itself so, bans it. So on Halloween, me, so my roommate and his uh, fiance uh, were getting pretty drunk, and I basically insisted that we watch the first couple episodes of JoJo. And when we, he has never consumed JoJo before. He only gets it from me, and so. I we, we watched the first one, but we all knew that it was me, Dio, and so at the time was said, we literally all at the same time just shouted, "But it was me, Dio." <laughs> um, another more popular one that people uh, know are the, "Oh, you're approaching me," and then can't beat the <laughs> out of you without getting closer. Oh, come as close as you like. Um. That's used in a lot of like meme compilations, uh, like as like you know people like when two people are approaching, they'll play the audio. Um, the Giorno's theme from the anime Il Vento d'Oro, which is Italian for literally the wind of gold, um, was oft actually used on TikTok a lot as a sort of no you type meme. They'll play the pian- they'll put on the piano riff. Uh, it's like doom doom do 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 do. That is the theme of Giorno from Part Five. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure people who have watched Destiny like compilations have heard the ora 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 ora. Then muda 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 muda. Yeah, Ora ora is um doesn't mean anything really. Uh, it kind of means like come on or take that or whatever. It's literally Jotaro saying like take that over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um. Muda is useless in Japanese. It is literally the person <laughs> saying your efforts are useless. Okay. Um, and since Jorno is Dio's son, Jorno also says Muda in his attack rushes. Um, that's where the seven page Buddha comes from is that Jorno beat the out of Chocolata for seven pages only saying Muda except for like page four where he went re really, really loudly. <laughs> I'm almost scared to just do it on the podcast. I kind of want to, but I'm like, people are going to hear that. Um, yeah. And so, like, these memes are, like, so prevalent, despite being really kind of recent in the Western public conscious, that, mm-hmm. like, I've, I don't think I've seen any property, um, any, like, anime have these many memes outside of its own community other than Dragon Ball. Because right. I think everybody's heard, the like, it's over 9,000 and stuff like that, but... yeah. I think a lot of people, but most people know that's from Dragon Ball. I think a lot of people know JoJo memes without knowing JoJo. Well, it, like it's over nine thousand is a direct reference to the yeah. Power Ball, so that I mean that makes sense that they would know that that's Vegeta flipping his <laughs> over. I've given up <laughs> not cursing during this episode because I just her I brain's can't. done. Um, I'm just yeah, but. The JoJo ones are, they seem to be so assim, like easily assimilated within culture because they're all things that tend to be, except with the exception of like Muda Muda Muda, right? Like that one's fairly specific, but the rest of them seem to be easily brought in as a meme. Then, um, actually, thinking of Stan Rush is one of my favorites is Trish Una from part five. She has a stand called Spice Girl. Um, it's stand rush when it punches really fast is wanna be. Yes, I'm here <laughs> for that. Wanna be. So tell me what you want. <laughs> anyway, um, I am back. I am with that one. Spice Girls. Um, yes, I don't um, care if they're chilla, like a ninety. I am ninety nine percent confident. I have found JoJo references in Destiny. Yeah. Um. So one of the emotes. Um, it is the pointing of the fingers, like leaning back. Um, uh-huh. it's, a, it's a blue emote. I'm pretty sure that's a reference to a few JoJo poses. I actually have it on all three of my characters in Destiny. Okay. Um, also, the exotic ship from Black Armory, the Platinum Starling. Okay, I'm Platinum really Star. Convinced that is supposed to be Star Platinum as a reference. Uh-huh. It's. Um, Flavor text is power, grace, tradition, which really kind of exemplifies like what JoJo's about. It's about like, especially Star Platinum, it is like this powerful stand. And Jotaro is a Joestar, like my lineage. He's inherited this um, sort of legacy. I am, that's what I'm convinced. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's very possible. They have references to so many different things, I'm both classical waiting. text and not. I'm, I'm waiting for the torture dance emo. Um, so there is a scene in part five where um, – so they, def- they the group had just defeated an enemy stand user. And Bruno Bucciarati with um, sticky fingers has taken off the guy's head. He's still alive. And then Mista puts a fishing hook through his eyelid and zips his mouth shut with sticky fingers and hangs him on top of like a rail of a yacht. Uh, so he's just hanging by his eyelid and it's just the head. And then he puts on glasses so the suns get ref- like burned into the eyes. And d- while this is happening, the characters of Mista, Narancha, and Fugo literally just dance in front of this head. And it's called the torture dance, and it's pure gold. That is so gruesome. I highly recommend looking up on YouTube. No, <laughs> it's not. It's hilarious, and it's a music video. It was four panels in the manga, and it's a minute long oh. music video in the anime. It is excellent. No. No, I, I have the song from it on my Spotify playlist. <laughs> By the way, most of the soundtrack is on Spotify if you want to listen oh to it. I actually, even if you don't Green's want to care, like, I'm done. Even if you don't want to watch the show, I actually highly recommend listening just to the Part 5 soundtrack. It is an experience. A gold experience. But it's an experience well worth it. Uh, is it? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to... Uh, how would you suggest somebody start watching jojos like do you start from the very beginning or are you suggesting like they start at a certain point find the manga like where should they go i highly recommend just starting the series at the start now i understand for a lot of people part one is pretty dull especially if they've consumed other animes before part one can seem pretty boring some might say um jonathan is very uninteresting as a character he's just goody two-shoes as yeah, a, superman as he's literally superman but none of the fun things about superman in my opinion um that, that being said jonathan is like like i love him to death because of like what he started as a as a character and who he stands for but he's not as interesting to watch um i also find part three drags a bit in my opinion especially on a rewatch but that's my own issue Part two is really, I think a lot of people, people figure out like why they like JoJo's in part two. Joseph, as I mentioned, is very much like a Cade Six-like character. He's always got a trick mm-hmm. up slip. Actually, honestly, come to think of it, he's more like Marcus Wren. In, okay. in, terms, in terms of like sheer craziness and audacity of what he can do, um, Joseph's a lot of fun to watch. And then, honestly, my favorite JoJo is Josuke from part four. I think he's just a really endearing character to me. But honestly, I just recommend watching it from like beginning to end because there are things in later parts that have more weight because you know where it all started. Mm-hmm. Like seeing the initial rivalry between Dio and Jonathan in episode one of part one makes the final confrontation between Jotaro and Dio in the end of part three have like it feels more impactful because you see like these, this is like character growth. Yeah. It's five generations dealing with the same problem and it's all led up to here. Like this is the apex. Like on And honestly, the deal versus Jotaro fight is absolutely incredible. It's probably one of the most, like one of the best fights of any like property I've ever seen. Like even like movies and stuff. I think honestly, I, will frequently rewatch Jotaro versus Dio because it's just so awesome and there's so much weight behind it. And then things in like part five give more weight because you've seen part three. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I, my only reference right now for as far as like how to get into something, hold on, gotta pick up my dog real quick. Ugh, Cause he's asking to come up. Um, but Critical Role has these huge campaigns, right? Like they have over 100 episodes for both Campaign 1 and Campaign 2. But each episode is like four hours long. So it's impossible to just like, hey, just binge watch the whole thing. Well, that would take you probably a solid three or four months nonstop. But 
if if I had to like if someone only insisted they can only watch one part, part five is actually probably the most enjoyable of them on its own. It's very of all of them. It's the most unrelated. It's actually just tangentially related to the other parts. The only really linking thread is that Giorno is Dio's son and Dio is dead. Okay. At the time. It's yes, Dio was dead. And then I, I shouldn't say at the time. Um, and then there's a returning character from part three later on. Uh, but really part five is so standalone compared to the rest of the series. It's, I think it's one of the most well-written parts. I think it has the best characters, at least heroes and one of the coolest villains. But if you like, I don't want it. I don't, I don't want to watch a hundred episodes of television. I like part five is 39 episodes. Um, compared to over a hundred, but like a hundred, so I don't think it's comparatively that bad. But honestly, it's probably the most thematically enjoyable. It's got the most creative stands of all of the parts. Um, I think the heroic characters of I think Giorno and Bruno and um, Abacchio in, the, in that series is like are like really interesting characters. Because um, like. You might think like, oh, it's a bizarre adventure. It's all comedy. There's there's a lot of like weight behind these characters, um, especially part five. All of these characters have really the they all have like really tragic backstories, but not like corny tragic. They're like some of them are definitely like wrong place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. Some of them are made mistakes and felt like they couldn't recover from their own misdoings. Um so the character of Leone Abacchio, he's the like oldest of the group. He used to be a police officer and then Naples started getting a lot of crime issues and someone – he caught someone doing something illegally. He was going to like arrest them but then like he took a bribe instead because like what was – because his justification is like this guy is just going to get back on the streets in a week. There's nothing right. I can do. And then later that – like a week later, that guy who he took the bribe from killed his partner. Oh, and so Abaku took to drinking. He felt he left the police force, and then like it. And then he meets Bruno Butcherati, best mom, and he like encourages Abaku to become better. Hmm. So, so I mean, so it does sound like I know with the ones that I've seen, there's like this attempt at redemption on them. So it sounds like that's also another thing that like the Joe stars, especially do is yeah. they, they attempt to redeem the the characters around them yeah i think a uh, part speedwagon is like the like the really the first one that we see mm-hmm. from because speedwagon is this street thief he's like uh kind of a he lives on the r- really rough parts of london yeah, and then by ogre alley by i think me, yeah ogre Oak street uh it's referencing a queen song called ogre battle in case oh, you wanted to know okay um so Speedwagon, by the goodness of Jonathan's heart, really, he leaves his life of crime to help Jonathan. And then he becomes pretty wealthy between part one and two and helps actually raise Jonathan's son and Jonathan's grandson. Oh, okay. Okay. So it actually, because like that's the other thing, because that was the entire setup for Dio, was Jonathan's dad was doing the same thing for Dio. Granted, it didn't work out, but yeah, Speedwagon says that Dio was. It's it's not just because Dio was raised in the slums. Right, yeah, Dio was evil from his very first breath. There was nothing that anyone could have done to stop Dio, and I think that's a really like people can easily fall into like, oh, Jonathan's aristocrat. That means he's automatically better. It's like no, because he befriended Speedwagon, and Speedwagon, yeah, and Speedwagon, very Speedwagon much, called it out too. That yeah. that was exactly something that he called out in one of the episodes. Was he's like, normally I hate these guys, but but you know, Jonathan is like he's the the best kind of a person and then and it's also something i really love about later parts is that a lot of these characters are not they're good people but they often have really bad circumstances um joseph's joseph's a bad example jotaro is dressed like an old delinquent from um the japanese in the 80s josuke is also very delinquent-esque he like doesn't st- he always has a good heart, but he's like always trying to get a quick buck or somewhere. Um, that was actually a plot of the Harvest episodes. Um, Giorno in part five was actually abused by his step parents. 
um, uh, and he joins a gang. But like these are like the righteous members of society. Part six is entirely like most of its characters are inmates of a prison. Like it's hard to like a lot of stories will just say, oh, these are just bad people. Like JoJo's one is like these are not bad people. They just had bad situations. Mm -hmm. But they've always chose what to do, what's right. And part of the themes of JoJo is that if if you stick to your own personal truth of righteousness, you will eventually come out on top. Time it's hard. Like it's it life sucks sometimes. It, life sucks a lot of the time. Yeah. But as long as you stick to a path of righteousness and justice, you will eventually prevail. And cheating your way through, unless you're Joseph Joestar, cheating your way through <laughs> is rarely beneficial. Because there's nothing that he can't cheat on. There's nothing Joseph can't cheat on. He che- <laughs> cheated on death. He cheats in his fights. He cheated on his wife. <laughs> with a woman 40 years younger than him. <laughs> oh, right? Hey, Joseph's in it. Also, Joseph has some weird tendency to find himself in plane crashes. Uh, over the course of the series, um, Joseph is involved in four plane crashes. Oh, is it because of the thing that goes after the the fly, the, the giant tower? fly? That was, that was only one of them. Oh, okay. Uh, a plane crashed, and when he first awakened his ripple abilities in a, uh, after his plane got hijacked when he was 13. Uh-huh. Uh, and then he purposefully crashed a plane uh, at the end of part two when fighting the main villain. Um, then in part three, the <laughs> enemy Sandys are crashed a plane. And then and later in part three, um, Joseph is flying a Cessna with the baby, with the, the stand that kills people in dreams. Uh, one of the characters in the backseat of the plane got a nightmare from the stand and accidentally made joseph crash the plane into the middle of the arabian desert chat chat is informing me that if it flies he'll crash it that is that is so when joseph comes back in part um part four because he's josuke's father uh he comes on a ship <laughs> um, there's never it's not stated outright but i choose to believe it's because that uh joseph was too precious of cargo to we can't put him on a plane. <laughs> we see there's too many coincidences. We're not we're not risking it. Um, one last thing I did want to mention is JoJo references beyond memes. Well, there are memes, but like JoJo references some other ones uh, that I wrote in the show notes. There are literally references everywhere, and that's why there's a me- ongoing kind of meme where you just ask, "Is this a JoJo's reference?" <laughs> um, the NBC show Heroes from the mid two thousands. One of the main characters, Hiro Nakamura, um, made a couple JoJo references. Um, at one, he often will say "mudamudamuda" <laughs> as a taunt when he uses his time powers. Because I, I should probably event now. Dio stand the world can stop time. That was that's the whole thing is that Dio can stop time with the world. Um, for only for a few seconds, but um, so Hiro Nakamura would often like madamadamada when he like taunts someone. A very Dio thing. Um, there's an episode of Pokemon XY where Meowth is in a mech suit and he says Mudanya, 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 and does JoJo poses. Oh no. <laughs> um. So in 2013. A species of tardigrade, like those water bears, those really microscopic creatures, was discovered in, I believe it was the Yellow Sea or something. It was off the coast of Japan, like in that region. And they named it, the species name was Love Deluxe. Love Deluxe is a stand in part four that controls people with hair. Um, They so named it in the paper... We called it Love Deluxe because the hairs on this tardigrade were so long, it looked like the hairs were controlling it. And that's how Love Deluxe works. You can read this paper. Green's done. Is it it Thing from Adam's Family? No, Thing is the hand. What is the thing that's all hair? There's something Uh, from Monsters. From Monsters. Oh, yeah, no, that's um, cousin, Cousin It. Cousin It. Yeah. 
It's not quite like that. So Yukiko Yamagishi is like a teenage girl and she has like this flowing black hair, but she can plant it. She can take some locks out and plant it elsewhere and it can embed in other people and it can control them limitedly. Um, it also, she can just manipulate the world around her just using her hair as like a third arm. Because who doesn't want a third arm? <laughs> Creed's like, Creed's like, I'm done. I just, <laughs> uh, I just, I, I just uh, every time you try um, to apply logic, Creed, just, just quit. There is a comic, there's an X-Men comic from 1998 where the Hulk um, was wearing armor that looked almost exactly like the world, the stand, the world from JoJo. Um, I should also mention this is a funny thing. So Dio is named after Ronnie James Dio, who has his like, own metal career as Dio. And the, he has that really famous song called Holy Diver. Mm-hmm. The world as a stand has oxygen tanks on its back. It's a holy diver. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I... Also, Holy Diver is a great song. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is also some people who like are referenced in Jojo know about it. So French singer, Michael Polnareff is the namesake of the character Jean-Pierre Polnareff. And Mm -hmm. he has become a Jojo fan and will often post memes about the character Polnareff (laughs) on his Twitter. That's the best kind right there. (laughs) The official, the official Facebook page of King Crimson, the prog rock band, Posted an explanation on how the stand King Crimson works because no one knows how King Crimson works. Um, also, if you not, if you want another laugh, look up on YouTube. Um, how does King Crimson work? Oh no. Um. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, so uh, Clint Eastwood is actually um, the. Not really. Re- so Jodoro Kujo is very is supposed to be referencing um, Clint Eastwood in his signature pose. So Jodoro does his like pointing pose. That's actually supposed to reference Dirty Harry, a Clint Eastwood movie where he points a gun. It's the oh, are you feeling lucky, punk? That yeah. same pose. That's what Jodoro does with his finger instead of a gun. And I think relatively, re- I can't name the year, but relatively recently, Araki met. Clint Eastwood and got Clint Eastwood to do the Joe DeRo pose that is referencing Clint Eastwood. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 we're going to reach the point where all everything is a JoJo's reference. Even breathing is a JoJo's reference. But before we get to that point, let's give Green a respite. <laughs> let's. The panic, the panic deer. If you hate JoJo. I'm sorry to let you know, but hating JoJo is a JoJo's reference. It's a JoJo's reference. <laughs> Dio hates JoJo. So, before the all-encompassing reference becomes the reference, what shoutouts do we have? <laughs> Neo, do you, what shoutouts do you have for, for this session? My only shoutout is Zawado! Muda, muda, muda. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Wet Chinchilla. JoJo references are the final shape. (laughs) This is acceptable. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I just want to give a shout out to you, Neo. Thank you so much for for joining us and for taking the time out of your your evening and for being flexible to, to, you know, reschedule Um, at the last minute. We really appreciate it. I've been looking forward to this for the past month because... The thing about JoJo brain rot is, is that you have to talk about it. You have to talk about it. And I just need, I need an outlet to talk about it. Yeah. I, I tell my roommate, maybe after this podcast, I can shut up. <laughs> I don't think it's happening. I'm too you know, here's, here's what I'm, I'm guessing this is going to be. This is going to be like the meteorite tipped arrows, this episode, and it's going to, puncture people and they're either going to ha- die with brain expl- like their brain exploding Jojo rot that way or they're going to get their own stand and we're just going to start this whole thing over again. <laughs> this is the beginning. I'm excited for future episodes of Focus Fire Chat where you make Jojo references. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. Green if you want to do me a favor, you can just sneak in a Jojo reference somewhere and I'll be like Oh! <gasps> With that being said, (laughs) thank you for your time. And until next time, remember, with wisdom we conquer, stand strong, stand tall, stand proud, and keep exploring. 
With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.